Monty, welcome to the Rockcast. This is going to suck really bad. So glad you could join me. And I got to tell you, if you were going to just listen to one episode this whole year, this would be the one that you should listen to. Because this is my year-end special, and I do this every single year. It's where I recap everything from the past 12 months. I tell you my favorite songs, my favorite albums. And I also give out my Rock Casty Awards, which if you've been listening for the last 12 to 13 years, you know that it's my best and worst of everything awards. I'll tell you what I thought was good and what sucked, and it's just a hoot. But before I get to all that, let me answer an email from James Nelson, who said, Hey, Monty, how are you? That is a brilliant question. Well, thanks for asking, James. You know, I actually had several people write me and say, Hey, what's going on? You haven't done a rock cast in a while. Are you okay? And the answer is, yeah, I'm fine. I've actually been really busy, and so why don't I tell you about it and kind of do it in a form of a commercial. Oh, no. Yeah, well, I don't have sponsors, so let me tell you a little bit about MontyColvinArt.com. Again? That's my website where I sell paintings, mostly of rock stars, and a lot of people really love them, but they don't think they can afford them. And I understand, not everyone values art, and uh, some people are just cheap bastards. But think of it this way, you're gonna spend about 300 bucks if you have a plumber come in to fix your sink. And you're gonna spend about 250 to $300 if you get your car towed. And trust me, I know, it happened a couple of weeks ago. So instead, why don't you invest in something that's gonna last you until the day you die? But I know there's still somebody out there right now saying, well, Monty, I love your art and I'd love to have some of it, but I'm just too lame. And to that person, I say I have a solution. People have been asking me for years, hey, do you have prints? You should make prints of your art. If you had prints, I'd buy a print. And for years, I kept saying, well, one of these days, maybe, yeah, uh, I'll think about it. Well, I thought about it, and now I have them. If you go to my website, montycolvinart.com, there is now a button for prints. You just click on it, and there's a whole page full of them, and you can just see what there is and order them. And right now, most of them run around 35 to 40 bucks, and that includes shipping in the U.S. And seriously, that's cheaper than going out to eat at Red Lobster. So check them out. I've got everything on there from Zach Wilde to James Hetfield to Galactic Cowboys. They look really good. They're ready to frame. They make great gifts, and I will uh, personally sign each one of them, uh, whether you want that or not. Commercial's over. So anyway, I've been really busy with that. I've also been doing commissions for people. So if you ever want something like that, just message me. Uh, Let's see, what else have I been doing? Oh, I recently got invited to go on the Classic Metal Show. And if you don't know, it's a radio slash video slash podcast that I've been listening to for years. And they talk about metal and rock and roll and just life in general, and I love it. And about a year ago, I became friends with one of the hosts of the show, Chris Aiken. And it turned out that he liked my podcast, and he also likes my art. And he ended up offering me a chance to do my own video show on heavymetaltelevision.com. It comes on every other Friday at 8 o'clock, no matter where you are. And so I've been doing that for several months now. And the other day, Chris asked me if I'd want to come on their show. And so I went on live on the Classic Metal Show with Chris and Neely. 
and I talked about my art and all that kind of stuff, and uh, it was just a blast. And it was kind of surreal. It was like there I was talking to two guys that uh, I had listened to for so long, but they were just very cool, and I really appreciate the way they've helped promote my art. And I gotta say, I am big fans of theirs because they are two guys that just say exactly what they think. They don't care who they offend, and that is really refreshing in a day where everyone is worried about getting canceled. So rock on and much love to the classic metal show. They're truly rotten people. All right, let's do another email here. Uh, This one is from Todd Walker, and Todd has a question for me. And Todd says, hey, Monty, how's it going? Fascinating question, really, isn't it? Wow, well, once again, thanks for asking, Todd. Uh, You know, it's been an interesting year. Uh, You know, last year was probably the worst year of my life. You had COVID and all the lockdowns, and then I got divorced. And 2020 literally ended for me with me sitting in a one-bedroom apartment by myself completely alone. And I thought, wow, I have truly hit rock bottom. Can things get any worse? And then Joe Biden and the Democrats took over, and yes, things got worse. But I didn't give up, and I kept believing that things would get better. And in January of this year, I got a message from somebody that I hadn't heard from in years. Her name was Alex. We started talking, and I ended up going out to Colorado to see her. And to make a long story short, I ended up moving to Colorado to be with her. And since then, my life has just gotten so much better. She's been such a blessing. Uh, We get along so well. We have so much in common, and the move has just been great for me. I'm now a full-time artist, and I just love Colorado. I love the mountains, and there's just all kinds of sports here. Alex and I went to 10 Rockies games this summer, and we went to our first Avalanche game, and we've been to a couple of Nuggets games. And so as bad as 2020 was, 21 has been really good. Sure, I still get pissed off and upset at some of the insanity that's going on in the world right now, but I try the best that I can to resist the urge to throw my remote at the TV set and just be happy. And sometimes what works for me is just listening to some music. And believe it or not, I did find 10 songs this year that didn't suck. And I actually had a hard time narrowing it down to 10. But here we go, starting at number 10. This is from a band called ERA, E-R-R-A. And this song is called House of Glass. And it not only made my top 10, I'm also gonna give it a rock casty for the song that kicked the most ass. Here's a little bit of it, give it a listen. I think you might agree.
So that was Era, and in case that crushed your skull, here's something a little lighter. This is a band called Hawthorne Heights. I've loved them for years just because they write great songs and make good albums. And at number nine on my list, it's Words Can't Hurt. Yeah, I like a little punk pop once in a while. You got a problem with that? Yes, I do. I didn't think so. But at number eight, I got something a little different from Mastodon. Just when you think you've got them all figured out, they come up with a ballad. And this is a good one. It's called Skeleton of Splendor. good album from Mastodon. They're very talented, very creative, and uh, there's some tasty leads on here. Yeah, tasty indeed. I will reveal more of my favorite songs later, but right now it's time to give out some Rock Casty Awards. These are not the Emmys or the Grammys or the ESPYs. This is the Rock Casties given out by me and only me to the best and worst of the year. And why don't we get things started with Best Movie. Now, as you know, I don't go to a lot of movies. I don't even watch a lot of movies. I don't give a rat's ass about sci-fi or action movies, and I don't like horror movies. 
What I do like is comedies, and Hollywood has either forgotten how to make those or uh, they won't allow those to be made. Since everything has to be politically correct and you can't offend anybody anymore, there's just not much out there. So I'll end up watching something like Office Space or Stripes. And a few weeks ago, I watched Stripes again. It still makes me laugh. Bill Murray is hilarious. And it's just good all the way through. You sure about that? Uh, well, actually, the last 30 minutes suck. But uh, whatever. Uh, it still wins my rock casty. Now, for worst movie of the year, I'm going to go with a documentary. And this was on Netflix. And it was Colin Kaepernick in black and white. Say what? Basically, this was a story of a black kid who gets adopted by white parents who raise him. He makes it to the NFL, he plays in a Super Bowl, and he becomes very wealthy. And yet, somehow, he feels like he's a total victim of racism. I thought it was weird, poorly done, and downright laughable. Hey, come on! But what do I know? I'm just a privileged old white guy. That's right. And by privileged, of course, I mean I have to work my butt off just to pay bills. Yeah, yeah. So Kaepernick had the worst documentary, but what was the best? Well, I saw a lot of good ones this year, including McCartney 123. Paul McCartney sat at the board with Rick Rubin, and they played old recordings of Beatles songs and broke it down, and it was just really cool. Another good one was Inventing David Geffen. It was the whole story behind the man who had the company who signed Galactic Cowboys. Now, not surprisingly, they did not mention Galactic Cowboys in the documentary, but why would they? He eventually became a billionaire, but I know it had nothing to do with us. But the movie did bring back a lot of memories. We walked the halls of that building back then, and I never met David Geffen himself, but I did meet a few of the people in the film, and I remember how they were all telling us we were going to be huge. And so, yeah, at times, it was a little hard to watch, because I would sit there and just go, God, we were so close. We gave them two great albums, and it just didn't happen. But I did learn a lot about David Geffen. He was probably a genius. He made a lot of money. He was liberal, and uh, he was also totally gay. However, he also dated Cher for about a year or so and uh, said he was totally in love with her. So, I, I you know, whatever. I, th I find this extremely confusing. Now, I also like the Chris Holmes movie Mean Man. I found that rather enjoyable. But uh, the rock casty for the best documentary of the year was Let It Be on Disney+. Plus. I know everyone's talking about it right now, and I'm about to talk about it some more. This thing was like seven and a half, eight hours long. And I'll be honest, there were times when I started getting a little bit bored. But there was also something about it that I couldn't stop watching, and that would be the Beatles themselves. Most of it was just mesmerizing as you sat there and just watched them create. And I'll admit that the Let It Be was probably my least favorite Beatles album. But to see Paul McCartney sitting there strumming his bass and he just starts writing uh, Get Back, uh, it was just amazing. And other parts I found uh, incredibly interesting, like I didn't realize how much they screwed around in the studio. And once again, that reminded me of Galactic Cowboys and how goofy we were. And after I saw the Beatles doing it, I did not feel so bad. I also couldn't believe that Yoko Ono was just right there in the middle of them the entire time. And I found that incredibly annoying. And I don't know if that was something that she demanded from John or if he just wanted her there. Either way, he seemed really happy. And ultimately, I guess it didn't bother the other guys enough to uh, stop them from recording. But the whole time, I just kept looking at her going, what the hell are you doing there? How about going out and doing some shopping with Linda or something? You know, uh, do you have to be there the entire time? But maybe that's just me. I know one thing, my favorite part of the whole thing was when Paul sat down at the piano and he starts writing the long and winding road. And he's got the melody, but not all the words yet, and he's coming up with things right in front of us. 
And oh my God, if that's not one of the greatest, most beautiful songs ever written, I don't know what is. And I'm laying there in bed and my eyes are filling up with tears and I'm just thinking, this guy is such a freaking genius. And it made me wonder if the rest of the guys in the Beatles really uh, recognized that. I know every one of them could play just about anything. They could play drums or keyboards or guitar or bass or whatever. But I gotta think every now and then they would just hear some of the stuff he was coming up with and just go, God, that guy is on another plateau. So if you haven't seen it yet or you don't have Disney Plus, break down and pay the six bucks. Because it's worth it and by the end you're gonna go, wow, I was bored, I was annoyed, I was amused, I was interested, I laughed, I cried. And I got to see how the greatest band in history made music. You know, it was all right. Now, moving on to TV, and I used to give out an award for best TV show. But since about 99% of all network TV just absolutely sucks these days, I ended up just watching YouTube. And the nominees are The Kyle Dunnigan Show, Ed Bassmaster, check it out, and Jason Whitlock, Fearless. But the rock casty for the best thing on TV and YouTube goes to concerts. I watch one or two concerts a week on YouTube and uh, some of them are really great. The ones I like the most are usually festival shows. Generally, they're shot with multi-cameras and they sound really good. But how about the best concert that I actually went to this year? Well, that's easy because I only went to one. My girlfriend Alex and I got the hookup and we were on the front row for Megadeth. And we had a blast and it was so good to be out and going to concerts again, uh, even though it was the only one we saw. So now technically I can't have a worst concert because we only saw the one, but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and name one anyway because I saw one on YouTube that was just uh, really bad. And I hate to say this because I was a big Kiss fan, but the rock casty goes to Ace Freely. All right. It was just recorded a month or so ago, I think, uh, but man, not good. He actually has a really good band, but uh, they start doing cover tunes. And towards the end, he tries to do this big guitar solo, and it's just kind of sad. And after I watched it, I could kind of understand why Paul and Gene don't want him in the band anymore. All that said, I love you, Ace. I've done paintings of him, and I've got posters on my website. If you want any of those, it's montycalvinart.com. I'll admit, I've never heard of that website. Okay, the next rock casty is for worst band name of the year. And these are actual band names. I did not make these up. But the nominees are My Morning Jacket. And, well, I guess you got to give them a little bit of credit. They could have gone with My Pillow or My Slippers. And so they probably will not win the rock casty. But there's lots of more horrible names like We Butter Our Bread With Butter. Terrible. Yeah, that's a real band name, as is Car Seat Headrest. You know, I don't even have to hear their music. If you have a name like Car Seat Headrest, you suck. But literally today, I was looking at a list of concerts that are coming to Denver. And I saw this name and I said right there, this is the winner of the Rock Casty for worst band name. Once again, not making this up, the band is named Lettuce. And they weren't even cute with it like L-E-T-U-S. No, it's spelled just like you think, Lettuce. And when I read that, I said to myself, that is horrible and that band can go straight to hell. Absolutely. And I say that not because I think Galactic Cowboys was a good name. No, that sucked too. But it was still and will always be better than lettuce. Yeah, I guess. All right, time for more music. Let's get back to my list of favorite songs of 2021. And this year I got a new album from the Wild Hearts. So, of course, one of their songs made my list. And at number seven, it's Splitter from the Wild Hearts. 
That's song number six. It's a band called Mr. Misery. I stumbled onto a video by them one day, and I really liked it, so I checked out the whole album. And they're kind of a horror rock band, but unlike some of those type bands that uh, aren't that great, these guys can really play well, and they write good songs. And I really dug this one a lot. It's called The Ballad of the Headless Horseman. Song number five is from a band from the UK called Architects. The whole album was great and I love this song. It's called Libertine. Architects has actually been around since 2004, but I've never really listened to them until this album. But I was just blown away by the production, the songwriting, and even the lyrics, and I'm not even a lyric guy. I write lyrics, but when I listen to other people's stuff, uh, the melody is the most important thing to me. But on this song and this album, the melody and the lyrics were both great. Alright, returning now to the Rock Casty Awards. And the next category is Best Sports Moment. Wow! 
As you well know, I'm a big sports fanatic. I love uh, the NFL. I love college football. I love baseball. I love hockey, and I've actually gotten back into watching some NBA. They about drove me away with all the Black Lives Matter stuff, but uh, they've lightened up on that, and so I'm back. Not like I used to be, but I still watch occasionally. But my best sports moment of the year had to be the Kansas City Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. But my worst sports moment of 2021 was the Kansas City Chiefs getting annihilated in the Super Bowl. Yeah, just a, just a shame. Of course, because I watch a lot of sports on TV, I have to put up with a lot of commercials. And that leads me into my next category, which is the most irritating thing in 2021. And the first nominee is commercials. Now, I think there's only one commercial that I actually do like. It's for Progressive. It's about this guy that's giving help to homeowners who have become their parents. And they're wanting to do stuff like report a shopping cart to the manager because it's pulling to the right. Or they want to leave the game in the third quarter to beat the traffic, which is something my dad used to do all the time. However, I did catch myself doing something like that the other day at Starbucks, even though I don't drink coffee. I was there with my girlfriend, and I found myself saying these words to her. You know, I've noticed these people at Starbucks really work hard. I mean, they hustle. And that's when I realized, oh my God, that was something that an old person would say. How true it is. So I like some of those progressive commercials, but for the most part, I hate commercials, and here's a few reasons why. My first complaint, and let me just start off by saying I am not a racist. Like I said earlier, I'm a big sports fan, and therefore every time I watch a sporting event, I am rooting for black people. Except when they go to the commercials during the timeouts, has anyone out there noticed that there doesn't seem to be any more white people in commercials anymore? Huh? It's just blacks, Asians, Hispanics, and I probably shouldn't even mention it. You really want to go there? But I started noticing it a few months ago, and now it's just like, uh, if I see a white person, I'm like, hey, there's one. And the thing that bugs me isn't that there's more people of color getting acting jobs. It's that the people who are making these commercials have taken the idea of diversity to the point where they've just eliminated all the whites. And it just strikes me as a little weird, that's all. You're a racist. But before I get some organization that's going to try and cancel me, let me just say that my biggest irritation with commercials are the ones on YouTube. And it's not their content, it's the fact that they have to interrupt whatever I'm watching every two minutes. And before you write me to say, hey, you can pay to remove those, uh, no, I'm not going to pay to watch YouTube videos. I will continue to put up with it and just swear up my TV every time one comes on every one to two minutes. It begins to drive me into a frustrated rage. The next nominee for most irritating are masks, face coverings, or as Dr. Fauci would say, don't forget to wear your mask. He's sort of creepy. Now we all know that COVID was terrible, it is terrible, but they wanted to lock us in our houses until they came up with a vaccine. And then they did and they said, if everyone will get vaccinated, then everything will be fine. In fact, Biden promised us if we were good little boys and girls and got vaccinated, then we could have a 4th of July in our backyard with our families. So the majority of the population got not one, but two shots. And we waited for everything to go back to normal, but then they said, no, you better keep those masks on. Even though the research that I saw said that those masks don't do a damn thing. And I will see football games on TV where there are literally 80,000 people sitting there without masks on, and yet there doesn't seem to be any major outbreaks. But let me try to go into a store, and there's a sign on the door that says, you can't come in here unless there is a piece of cloth over your face. And yes, I have tried to comply with all of it. I got the shots and I still wear a mask when I go into a building with other people to hide my identity, which I'm starting to think is the actual reason why they want us to wear the masks. 
but whatever the reason is, I'm fed up with it. And the other day I went into an art store and I was wearing a mask over my mouth and the lady that worked there said, sir, could you please pull your mask up over your nose? And I don't really know what her biggest fear was, whether it was my vaccinated nose somehow transmitting COVID to her and somehow getting through her mask or that she just cared so much about my health that COVID particles from somebody else in the store who was also wearing a mask might fly up my nose. I'm not sure. But I do know one thing. I will never go back to that art store even though it's only about two blocks from my apartment. Go to hell where you came from! Now my third nominee for most irritating of the year, and I hate to say this, but it's my girlfriend's Jack Russell Terrier dog. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, wow. He's old, he's sweet, but God, he just irritates the shit out of me. He sneezes, he snorts, he flaps his ears, and he whines. And most of it's at six in the morning. And the thing is, is I'm good to him. I feed him off the table. I pat his little head. But you know what it's like when you've got kids and on Christmas morning they're pounding on the door like at 5.30 to open presents and they finally just bust in the door and jump on the bed and they're like, can we open presents now, please? Yeah, that's the way it is with this dog, except it's every single morning. However, he is a cute dog and I can probably deal with it. So I guess I'm going to have to give the rock casty to masks. Can we please stop with all that bullshit and stop listening to Dr. Fauci, who, by the way, is my first nominee in the final category, biggest douchebag. Why does anybody listen to him anymore? The guy is a complete fraud and he just needs to go away. My second nominee for biggest douchebag for about the fourth year in a row is LeBron James. I don't care how good the guy is at basketball, he comes off as a real tool and a racist. However, he doesn't even compare to the third nominee and my winner of the Rock Casty for biggest douchebag, Jesse Smollett. At a time when things were and are bad enough, this guy fakes a racial hate crime. I guess he got what he wanted because uh, everybody seems to know his name now. But what a punk ass douchebag. He sucks. But you're probably saying, but Monty, uh, is there anybody that you like? Anybody at all in the world? And to that I would say yes. There's actually a lot of people. I obviously love my daughter Zoe and uh, there are a lot of people out there who I consider friends. But there have been three people this year who have been there for me through thick and thin. And I want to give them a quick shout out right now, starting with one of my best friends ever, Jeff Moore in Mississippi. That guy has been there for me for years when I was at my lowest. And he's there for me now when things are going good. The second guy I want to mention is William Alexander in Tennessee. It started out with him just commissioning me to do a couple of paintings. But he, like Jeff, was just a real friend to me when I needed it. And our friendship has continued on into this year. And this past October, he even flew me to Nashville to see the Chiefs and the Titans play. We had front row seats and it was just a blast. So just a great guy and I really appreciate him. But the third person I wanted to mention was my girlfriend, Alex who I can't even begin to tell how much I love and appreciate her. At a time when I needed kindness, love, and support myself, she came along and just completely changed my world. She's the sweetest person I've ever known, and I just really appreciate you, Alex. I think that's enough. Okay, let's jump back into my top 10 list of my favorite songs of the year. Picking it up again at number four, it's the Black Veil Brides with Shadows Rise.
know, the Black Veil Brides have taken a lot of crap over the years, and I don't know why, because uh, I just think they're a really good band. I've got several of their albums. I've seen them like three or four times, and uh, to me, that was just a great song. It sucks! At number three, it's the song Low Lamento from the band Love and Death. This was kind of a side project from Head Welch of Korn. And not only was this tune really good, the whole album was one of my favorite albums of the year. Some of it was heavy, some of it was kind of poppy. But kind of like this song, it was really good. Number two on my list was once again from the band Era. This whole album was just absolutely brilliant. The guitar players are just unbelievable and one of those guys can just sing his ass off. This song is called Vanish Canvas. I was listening to this album, I was picking up influences like Tool, uh, Dream Theater, Killswitch Engage, even stuff like We Came As Romans. So if you like music like that, be sure to check this out.
So that would bring us to my number one favorite song of the year. But before I tell you that, what was my favorite album of the year? Well, this year I'm going to do something a little different. Instead of just picking one album, I'm going to have to have co-albums of the year. One of them was a CD from the band that I just played, ERA. It crushed my skull, it amazed me. But the other album that I just could not stop listening to and uh, the co-winner of album of the year for me was Architects with For Those Who Wish To Exist. It had great songs, it had great melodies, it rocked, and it also had some great ballads. It also contained my number one favorite song of the whole year, Dead Butterflies. Once again, at a time when my whole world had just been turned upside down, this song came along, it kind of spoke to me, and it just uh, made sense. And for me, and maybe only me, uh, it's just one of the best songs I've ever heard. So now that I've built it up way too much, uh, I'm going to end the show with it. I thought the thing was never going to end, to be perfectly honest. But it's time for me to go now, and I hope everyone has a great holiday season, a great Christmas, and a great New Year's. If you want to get a hold of me, you know where to find me. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and you can also reach me through my website, montycolvinart.com. But that's going to do it for me for now. Check out this song by Architects, and I will be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care, don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. And rock on!
This has been Monty's Rockcast. <laughs>